0: Thank you for tuning into your favorite Locked On podcast. My name is Joe Marino, and this is a bonus episode of the newest Locked On podcast, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. Kyle Krabs and I are here to give you the most comprehensive look at building a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. To get more, find Locked On NFL Scouting on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our top winners and losers from the NFL's legal tampering period and the position groups that have us most intrigued moving forward is what we're breaking down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: You are locked on NFL scouting with The Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are very excited about the new direction of this podcast.
1: And of course, expanding our roles with the Locked On Podcast Network. That's right. And um, for anybody who's listened to Joe Marino and I for any period of time, we've been podcasting together since 2016. We had a tremendous run with the Draft Dudes podcast, uh, but a little bit of a different direction for us. Our, our um, The focus that we want to make sure that we are really digging into and getting into the minutiae of uh, is NFL team building. From the top down, putting our GM hats on for every decision that teams make, for every evaluation opportunity, for every roster that's constructed. There are whys to why these decisions are made, and that is really where Joe and I have found – our greatest passion to lie. And we're excited to transition into that focus with this show as a continuation of the work that we have done since 2016 together. And we've been in the NFL draft space since 2013, together. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. in, in a minute, but a little bit of a different angle that we're going to be attacking here on Locked on NFL Scouting, which we are very excited about. So those of you who have listened to Joe Mourinho and Kyle Krabs before, Welcome back. For those of you who might be new, welcome. We hope you stay a while. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're coming in at a great
0: time. The new league year starts Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, and so we've had this legal tampering period uh, over the last almost three days. Dumb name. Yeah, it is. It is. But you know what? That is what it is, and (laughs) today's going to give us an opportunity to talk about our biggest winner. And we're going to look at that from a team perspective, our biggest loser. And then, of course, the position groups that have us most intrigued. Kyle, I'm ready to go. Here we go. My biggest winner.
1: Legal tampering winner.
0: This is going to be a surprise, I think, for a lot of people. And so because of that, I want to talk about my process just a little bit if I can. I determined my choice. It is rooted in surveying all of the moves made by every team. And then trying to find the team that I think addressed their biggest needs with value and did not overspend. And there are plenty of teams that added more talent, but my emphasis is on quality and value and not so much the volume component of uh, teams that just had a bunch of money so they signed a bunch of players. Right? That's not always the winner. To me, it's the ones who addressed needs and found value. And the team that I believe best meets that criteria is... Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, simply put, I think the Browns defensive line has just been a problem over the last couple of years outside of Miles Garrett. It just has not been good enough, leaning on players like Jordan Elliott to be a big time factor, uh, continuing to roll with Jadevian Clowney. I really like what they did. And if you remember watching the Browns last year, I mean, everybody ran the football on this team. And the pass rush outside of Miles Garrett was pretty much non-existent. Miles Garrett, 16 sacks. The next highest on the team. Who was it, Kyle? Taven Bryan with three. Then it was Deion Jones with two and a half. Man, we needed some D-line help. Yeah. And they found it. They got uh, edge player Abo Okaranquo from the Houston Texans, three years 19 million Good dollars.
1: Player too, Good
0: way. player, right? Yeah. In three years nineteen. Dalvin Tomlinson, defensive tackle, four years fifty-seven million. To me, those two players represent massive upgrades at huge positions of needs, and I feel like they are good value. Obviously, the big ticket here is Dalvin Tomlinson. He's entering his age 29 season, former second-round pick of the Giants, spent the last two years with the Vikings, and he's been really consistent. He's started all but three games in his six-year career to this point. I love the consistency. He's obviously an impact run defender. He can really control the line of scrimmage, which is important because the Browns tend to be a little bit lean on the second level in terms of the size of their linebackers. They need to be covered up. But his pass rush has really improved over the last few seasons. So Cleveland getting a consistent quality starter at defensive tackle at a tick over $14 million per season is a big deal for me, especially after relying on what I think are depth-caliber players of defensive tackle to start. This is a big-time addition. And then real quick, Ankarankwu, three years, $19 million. He's an ascending talent. At a premium position, 27 years old, and his game really started to take off with the Rams in 2021, and that took another step last year with Houston. He had a 14% pressure rate last year, which is excellent. He's also a good run defender, and we remember watching him at Oklahoma. Fun player, has that rush ability, burst bend flexibility, and pairing him with Miles Garrett is something that I like. I think a tick over $6 million, average annual value is outstanding. Especially when you think about Demarcus Walker getting seven per, Samson Ebicon getting nine million per. I like Oko at 6.3, and then their two in house extensions, Yoni Takitaki, the linebacker, one year, two and a half. That's good value. So is Ethan Pochik, three years, 18 million. Had a really good season as the Browns starting center last year. They bring him back at a good value, uh, kind of grew throughout his time with Seattle, and then last year with the Browns, really blossomed into a good starter. I think they've done a really good job here in the. Early portions of this offseason.
1: You know how I know we haven't done a podcast together for a while? I talked for
0: a long you, time you, right there. You
1: had a lot to get off your chest. Yeah, do you I feel did. better? Me
0: too. I do. I do.
1: Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson's average per was what, 14?
0: Yeah. Right Look, at about 14. I, I
1: understand Dalvin Tomlinson's not going to rush the passer to the degree of Javon Hargrave or Deron Payne, right? But Deron Payne was 22 and a half, Javon yep. Hargrave was 21. Draymond Jones got 17 from Seattle. Was there ever a more fitting free agent signing pairing between Seattle and Draymond Jones? You texted me that when that news came through. Joe, Zach Allen got more per. Dude. Then Dalvin Tomlinson. I don't care that he's not going to rush the passer. Dalvin Tomlinson's a better interior defensive lineman comfortably for me. And for them to get the Cleveland to get that value because he's not a pass rusher. Now I'll be fascinated to know what that does for some of the other uh, looming interior defensive linemen. Maybe not the ones that are free agents, but we we talk about that 2019 interior defensive line class, yep. right? Jeffrey Simmons and what's the difference going to be between the Jeffrey Simmons contract and the Christian Wilkins contract? When Christian Wilkins, I think his career high for sacks in the season is three and a half. You know that that that's the kind of stuff when when we think about. What this show is going to be about, like those kinds of angles that all can spiderweb off of, what Dalvin Tomlinson got with how good and accomplished of a player Dalvin Tomlinson is, is uh, really interesting stuff. I want to get into my winner uh, next here on this inaugural episode of Locked On NFL Scouting, and my winner, Joe, is the Dallas Cowboys. I look at what the Dallas Cowboys were able to do in taking care of their own players and then acquiring Stephon Gilmore as the other outside corner. Look, there's been a bunch of guys at corner that they've tried. They drafted Nashawn right in the third round. Deron Bland has had some splashes. Um, it, it seems like that other corner spot ha- has kind of been what the interior defensive line has been for the Cleveland Browns. Right. Yeah, so, Yeah. good way to put it. Um, so you get Tony Pollard back on the franchise tag, and, and we long thought that Tony Pollard w- was not going to be with the Cowboys because of their salary cap situation. You get Stephon Gilmore via trade. I think probably the best signing that they had was the value that they got in signing Donovan Wilson, the safety, for $7 million per. I don't know if anybody's seen Donovan Wilson play football that's not a Dallas Cowboys fan, but every time you turn on the Cowboys, Wilson's making a lot of plays. He has become a really spectacular player under Dan Quinn, and for them to get him back at seven million per, and, and that's right in line with uh, what Von Bell got. Uh, I think Von Bell got seven and a half from Carolina, if if off the top of my head, my memory serves me correctly. So. Uh, Wilson might not be the same sexy name as, as Von Bell coming out of Ohio State and, and the stops he's had along the way and, and the impact that he had in Cincinnati, but uh, he, he is very much an impactful player. They got Terrence Steele back. I believe that's a, a uh, restricted free agent tender that they gave him a second-round tender, so they've locked him in, and he's obviously coming back off of an injury. Leighton Van Der Esch kind of bounced back uh, from, from what looked like the end of the road for him there what, two years ago. Uh, obviously, the, the durability issues that he's had, they, they got him back at a good value as well. And he played two-thirds of the snaps defensively for the Cowboys last year. So I think about Dallas as a team that you see what's happening in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's going to lose a lot of players. Yep. Dallas trying to close the gap. The fact that they've kept a lot of their nucleus pieces, they haven't gotten a deal done with Dalton Schultz. I don't expect they'll get a deal done with Dalton Schultz. You lost Connor McGovern, but you know, what, what are you ultimately gonna end up doing with your offensive line? And and are you gonna keep your, your aging tackle pieces and that then frees you up to potentially have a spot on the offensive line that, that you feel comfortable with placing somebody else into? So uh, I think Dallas taking care of their own, getting Stephon Gilmore to address that primary need. I really like what they have done in not overspending because they're a team that's not in a position, quite frankly, to overspend.
0: Yeah, I like the value angle that you took there. I love Gilmore to them, like you mentioned, and getting Dan Quinn back, man, to to tie it all together oh, yeah, there on yeah. defense is <laughs> I mean, that's we can't we can't uh overlook that here in in the overall Dallas Cowboys offseason. Like you mentioned, they're probably a nice opportunity to Compete there in the NFC East with all the talent that the Philadelphia Eagles are expected to lose. Now, we've talked about our winners, but what about the losers of the legal tampering period? We're going to talk about that next, but first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Okay, Joe. So we talked winners of legal tampering. It's time to talk losers of legal tampering. And if you don't mind, because you took the first eight minutes of the show with your winner, I would like to get us started here if that's permissible with you. Go right ahead, sir. Anxious to hear your answer. The New York Jets. Oh, boy. And it's not for any player that the Jets have or haven't signed i think the they've only signed Ch- one kyle right <laughs> I, I like the trade for chuck clark now they brought back some of their other their own guys quincy williams yeah. i think has been a really nice player and and well, for a player that had the start that he had in jacksonville and what was it murray state where he where he played his college ball you know it's he's become a very good player for them and i think you know the solid defense and and the range that he has the athleticism it's a perfect fit. So to bring him back at, at $6 million per, good job, New York. Mike White signs with the Dolphins. It's the Aaron Rodgers saga that, that really chaps me, and it, it's the fact that they're in on Mercedes Lewis. How much money did the Jets just give to two tight ends and then draft Jeremy Ruckert last year? Mm-hmm. The whole appeal of this was it's a better supporting cast than what you have in Green Bay. So what are we going to do? We're going to sign Alan Lazard. We're going to try to go after Randall Cobb. We're going to go get all the guys that Aaron played with. And it's like, what for what? So you could take the reigning offensive rookie of the year and make him wide receiver two and a half in the death chart in the pecking order because he doesn't have chemistry with Aaron? Meanwhile, Aaron hasn't made his damn mind up yet. I know he's going on McAfee today, so we'll see what happens What happens in that regard because we're recording this in the morning, and what, he goes on McAfee at 1? Yeah. Um, so maybe he comes on and announces his declaration, and it's game on, and, and the Jets and the Packers iron out the trade, but the Jets better hope he decides to play. Now, I, I saw um, Aaron Wilson say that, that Aaron met with one prospective Jets target free agent offensive lineman to talk to him about the plan. And then that offensive lineman went and signed somewhere else. Mm. (laughs) It's just, it's this whole, this is what you're getting with Aaron, right? And look, the jets with Aaron Rodgers are probably going to be a very dangerous team in the AFC East. I think we both probably expect them to win 10 plus games with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. There's no denying the fact that there's going to be a window of time where the jets are going to be a very competitive team. But if it comes with this, and it comes with, at the expense of Garrett Wilson growing into the player that he's capable of being, because he's going to get pushed down and these young tight ends that you signed Uzoma, and you, you signed, who's the other one that they signed? Uh, Conklin. Tyler Conklin. And then they draft Jeremy Ruckert. What do you need to bring Mercedes Lewis in for? Genuinely. So that, for me, is it's like you're you're no closer to actually having Aaron under contract. You're you're now going through the song and dance of going to get his wish list of players. And oh, by the way, Odell Beckham Jr. was reportedly on his list, according to, I think it was Diana Rossini reported that. You're going to bring Odell, Lazard, Cobb, Mercedes Lewis in. Great. Now you're just working with the same skeleton crew that you were working with in Green Bay, but you're going to go to a more distracting city to go do it from Green Bay to New York. No, thank you.
0: In the AFC, right? In the AFC. In the AFC, yeah. How much do you think um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't actually want to go to the Jets because that's where Brett Favre went? There's got to be a piece of him that wishes that it was literally any other team.
1: That dude's brain, dude.
0: I just, (laughs) I get Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, make or break year. Woody Johnson's really never had a big time franchise quarterback, but this, this being kind of like your. Only plan for quarterback,
1: right? Man, because your, your backups at this point are Matt Ryan, who, as you see on the ticker right below us, is getting cut or potentially what? Trading for Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins. Yikes. Tho- those are those are what you got right now. Well, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep the losers in the AFC East, Kyle. Mm. Um, The Dolphins and Bills guy doing podcasts. Losers in the AFC East, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just is what it is today, guys. Uh, It's the New England Patriots for me, the losers. Um, They entered the new league year with plenty of spending power. Top eight in cap space. Plenty to do stuff. They need improvements at so many places. They're falling behind in the AFC East. If you look at the Bills as a team, three times in a row they won this division. The Jets and the Dolphins have very clearly made up ground. The Patriots have not You have Mac Jones entering his third season. He needs weapons. What have you done to this point? Billy o. Billy re- that, that's going to be a nice upgrade. Fix it all.
1: You're fix he, all. That
0: will help. But you need, what is it? It's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. So far, they've re-signed Jonathan Jones, Raekwon Millen, McMillan, a linebacker, Jabril Peppers, James Ferentz. Meanwhile, you lost your best receiver in Jacoby Myers, who signed a fairly reasonable deal to go to the Raiders, three years, $33 million. I was expecting him to push for 15 plus. Mm-hmm. You had to give away Johnu Smith because that was such a bad signing.
1: What's your plan to get they're better? Like, they're eating like $12 million in dead cap for Jonu, too.
0: Was a bad contract? Always. You have resources. You have ground to make up. Consider me underwhelmed with general manager Bill Belichick.
1: Let me ask you this. Does, does trading for DeAndre Hopkins change? Like how, how much would a player like DeAndre Hopkins as a veteran player that you could acquire via trade kind of change the temperature that you have about the Patriots supporting cast.
0: It changes a lot. And I think one thing that I was going to add here at some point, because I think it is only fair, is that you, you don't have to have it all figured out today, right? You don't. It's right. not your job to have it all figured out today. There's a long time until week one. But as we look at the time frame, right, which is Monday at noon until right now, which is Wednesday morning, the legal tampering period, and you focus in on that, I'm underwhelmed. Now, you could, you could and should trade for DeAndre Hopkins so long as everything's cool with Bill, o- Bar- Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. And, of course, Bill O'Brien shipped him away when he was a head coach in Houston to Arizona. So you don't really know what that, those dynamics are. But that's the type of receiver that would really help Mac Jones. And you know, I s- still think they need more, but it would be a really good step in the right direction, especially because I think the value is going to be pretty good there in terms of what you have to give up to acquire him. So, folks, with the winners and losers out of the way...
1: We're all winners we're, with Ultimate Pro Football GM, I'll tell you that.
0: We, you know that we are. We are. We're going to talk about Ultimate, or, uh, Ultimate Football GM right now. So if you like team building, which you probably do because you're listening to this podcast, and that's, mm. that's what perfect, we do here, place then, place then place you got to check out Ultimate Football GM. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you try to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring coaches, managing the finances, negotiating player salaries and terms. You have free agency, the draft, injuries, personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season, and you can play it in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable, offline, on the go, as you want and when you want to. Locked on NFL scouting listeners, you can get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use promo code locked on in the game store that's locked on so make sure to check it out today to download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today
1: i have a confession with ultimate pro football gm so i have i have 4 4 league dynasties that i've done Mm -hmm. I don't expect you to be able to see that because, you know, in in very non-tech savvy, I'm literally just holding my cell phone up to my camera. But that one at the bottom is the Carolina Panthers. You can import the NFL teams and and do it. Um, And I am in year 2170. (laughs) So that should tell you everything you need to know about team building and ultimate uh, GM. Outstanding fun strategic game
0: the the year is 2170 have the carolina panthers won their first super bowl yet
1: uh no because i haven't got it oh. done yet i oh. i did about the first hundred seasons with miami and then shifted the <laughs> other teams like okay yeah all right here.
0: well speaking of shifting we're now going to shift the conversation here to yeah. what's next right we've got plenty left here in the offseason obviously we're just scratching the surface and so as we consider the position groups that have us most intrigued moving forward, Kyle, where do your, where do your thoughts go? What's most intriguing to you?
1: Uh, the linebacker position is the one that really pops to me, if I'm being honest. You look at the deals that have been signed. You want to include Roquan Smith in this as an extension? Yeah, I
0: think so. I think that's fair.
1: Okay, so you got Roquan Smith got $20 million per. You got Tremaine Edmonds got 18 per. Then you gotta go down to Bobby Okereke at, at 10 per. Uh, Kendricks got less than 10, I believe, from the Chargers. I think that was around seven. Yeah. That Kendricks got. Jermaine Pratt got under seven. TJ Edwards got six and a half. David Long got five and a half. Van Der Esch got four. Quincy Williams got six. Alex Singleton got six. So you've got this group of Levante David still waiting on a landing spot. You've got Deion Jones still waiting on a landing spot, and he's a player who's regressed a little bit, but is coming off 14 and a quarter. Zach Cunningham, who was... Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner. Like y- You have some really interesting names who have been big money contract linebackers. I don't know how many of them I expect to fall between Okereke and Tremaine Emmons. Levante David may probably. I'd expect Levante David to get more than $10 million per. Bobby Wagner's last one was $10 million per. And he lasted one season and got cut. Well, they, they mutually agreed to part ways. Yeah. So I'm just really fascinated in the, in the linebacker group because I think we all expected Jermaine Pratt. And uh, I understand that, that David Long has some injury stuff. Uh, there's been soft tissue. Mike, what was it? Mike Vrabel referred to him as a repeat offender with soft Mm -hmm. tissue stuff. Hamstrings the last two. Vrabel will say anything, my guy. Right. Right. But I think we, we expected guys like Pratt and TJ Edwards and David Long to all get, log in more than Okereke. And I I think Okereke is a great sign for the Giants. For the Giants. I do at 10 million per. I think that's four for 40 was what that came in. And yep. I think that's a good contract. But you kind of had like expecting these guys to kind of fall in and, and fill in the second tier of, of economic value at linebackers. They didn't get it. So I think that's where I'm really fascinated for a couple of the other remaining names. And then I'd be curious to, to open Pandora's box and talk about the value of a Roquan Smith and a Tremaine Edmonds to justify 3X the dollars. I think that's really fascinating to talk about.
0: Well, those are clearly the best players, right? They are. And, and the most dynamic skill sets. But yeah, it's, it could be just kind of the, the players that had deals to be done, right? Like there's no middle ground. Right. And maybe that's going to be that way, right? Where you're,
1: you're, you're either, either a dynamic... You're either here, yeah. <laughs> and if you're not here, then the ceiling is now here.
0: The reference point I can offer is Matt Milano just re upped with the Bills at 14 million per for an additional two seasons.
1: What was his original? 11. Okay, so he did get a bump. He got a bump, yeah. Okay. So Matt
0: Milano is your middle ground of NFL linebacker. It's a really good middle ground. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll sort out, right? I think we've seen this with other positions too, whether it's been safeties. Uh, corners a few years ago, kind of back when that 2017 class mm-hmm. was up, that was a position that needed to catch up. We're establishing a middle ground of quarterbacks right now, and maybe linebackers, just kind of that next one where I think the league's valuing them more, but they're still a little hesitant to go all in on the cash.
1: So that's that's the pick for me.
0: Kyle, the pick for me is tight ends. This um, And this has kind of been a three-year thing probably, I've been fascinated by the tight end position and where the salaries are, not just at the top, but the middle too. And what's fascinating about it is you're getting this sense that as the NFL really evolved into an 11 personnel heavy offensive plan, defenses got smaller, right? They're played in sub, everyone's kind of a base nickel defense or it's the primary defensive grouping. And now offenses are like, okay, well, you want to play small on defense? Let's uh, let's go more 12 personnel. Let's get more tight ends on the field. And not only is that an interesting idea because big people versus small people is always a good idea, but there's an economic component of this conversation where tight ends are cheaper than wide receivers. They They just are. But at the same time, you've seen middling tight ends, little production, more blockers like a Will Disley like a Josh Oliver, who just got $7 million a season, you're seeing them start to get paid a little bit. And as I survey the unsigned or unagreed-to terms with tight ends left, at the top of the list, you've got two guys that played on the franchise tag last year. And Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, Mike Gusecki from the Dolphins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know Hayden Hurst just signed with the Panthers, and boy, do they need some weapons. Do, so that,
1: do we know the—I haven't seen I, anything on the economics of that.
0: I haven't seen it yet either, but they certainly needed that. Uh, you have Austin Hooper, who was recently a pretty handsomely played, paid player. Irv Smith's still a young guy with intrigue. Foster Moreau with the Raiders is potentially the steal of the group, depending on where that money comes in, but he's as a, the Josh a, Olivers and, and the Will Disleys of the world continue to eat up this cash, not only is the top of this fascinating to me, but some of these more valuable players, or more value type players, like what does a Robert
1: Tunyon get? right now in this market you know it's it's fascinating and Hayden Hurst is interesting because he played last year for three and a half make it make sense
0: right especially with with an eye towards the NFL draft this is a great year for tight ends Mm -hmm. there's probably six guys maybe more that are worth early round picks first second third round
1: I know we're at the end of the half here but I guess the end of the game but I'm going to take a timeout here we didn't even talk about Darren Waller getting traded yeah for a a third round for pick, one hundred overall. Wow. Now, case in point, his APY was was seventeen per. So, Josh Oliver for seven, Darren Waller for seventeen, and at the cost of a the top one hundred pick when when Waller's thirty one years old. I think that's that's the give and take, right? is some of these other big contracts that have been given out at, specifically at this position. Hey, guys on the tag like Gasecki and, and Dalton Schultz, who I think if those teams probably had a mulligan, you'd, you'd probably take whatever compensation you can get. But Darren freaking Waller right. only got 100 overall. Right, so what, what were you getting? What were you getting? <laughs> you, you weren't getting a top 100 pick for, for Mike Gusecki. No was a worse version in every way than what Darren Waller is.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to put it.
1: I think Schultz and Gisecki will probably take less than what they played on last year. I don't think their market's going to touch the stratosphere that they got paid on the franchise tag. But Josh Oliver just got seven per. But Josh I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Oliver gets... You know what? I think both of them are in that stratosphere. I think they both get seven or eight per. Give a guess. Um, I'll take the over. You put it at eight, I'll take you the over. Absolute coward. I'll take the over. What a, what a fitting way for us to wrap the first episode of Locked on NFL Scouting for Joe Marino to take the over. I didn't take the field, I took the over, but yeah, there is very, very vague more numbers above eight than nonetheless. Below. But that don't want to hear it. That's it. It's gonna do it for us here today on this inaugural episode of Locked On NFL Scouting with the dudes, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. If you guys enjoyed. Hit subscribe if you're a returning listener from our previous es- exploits. We want to send some love to everybody over Draft Network. We want to send some love to Chris Schubert, of course, uh, for all of the work that they've done in our podcasting experiences. A little different direction for us. And with the start of the league calendar year today, that's why we're here today, because this is an NFL team building focus that we have moving forward, which we are excited about. And we want to thank those of you who have watched or listened to us before for coming back. And if you are new, welcome. We hope you enjoy the ride. We're going to have a lot of fun on this show. So hit subscribe, come on back and see.